is the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Our mission is to train those who give spiritual counsel to others. Whatever your skill level, we offer accessible and practical advice to those whose life or work frequently leads them to spiritual conversations. Our goal is to foster a growing relational connection with and loyalty to the God of the Bible. We help people choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights on the dashboard of their lives. Our passion comes from the belief that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome everyone to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. This podcast first launched a year ago as a tool for training my expanding team of spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church. I can't tell you how surprised I was that now hundreds of people are listening around the world. Wherever you are on the globe, Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. Speaking of Nancy, my beautiful bride is in the studio with me today. (laughs) Well, thank you, honey. And hello, everyone. If you're interested in going back and listening to any of the three previous seasons, it would be helpful to begin with the first episode of season one. Each podcast is a standalone topical treatment, but they are episodic, so listening out of order will leave you without some necessary foundational content. Our intention with this podcast is to keep the explanation simple and relatable, and for the most part, avoid the clinical and theological terminology. So what I did is I swapped that out for modern and easily recognizable metaphors to explain spiritual and biblical ideas, as well as coaching techniques and and approaches. Now, that doesn't mean that our content is overly simplistic or or dumbed down or, or, or unhelpful to those who are further down the road, just that it's accessible and immensely usable. No matter your familiarity with the subject, you will be able to follow along at whatever level of experience and discover new ways to talk to others about spiritual subjects. Yes, and as we enter this fourth season, we will begin to offer true standalone episodes, tackling both new content as well as returning to subjects we already addressed but feel deserve greater attention. A new feature going forward will be answering specific questions that our listeners have submitted. Questions about specific spiritual coaching subjects or establishing and maintaining a spiritual coaching practice in your context. Listen to the end of the podcast and I will tell you how to submit questions and ideas for future episodes. Yes, and and it's important that uh, I make a clarification. You understand my use of some terminology uh, in all of these podcasts. you, You know, I mentioned spiritual maturity and spiritual growth and those things consistently. Some people, when they hear those terms, especially if they've gone to church all their lives, might be tended to think about attending classes or amassing uh, intellectual understanding. And, and that's not what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. I'm talking about first-person, hands-on, experiential knowledge of God. Spiritual maturity is knowing Him. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that's what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. If the relationship is strong and growing, everything else that's necessary to life as a follower of Jesus Christ will flow from that. In fact, we want you to know that we named the podcast The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives. They indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in order to step into our full potential. We need someone more qualified and experienced to do spiritual wrenching on our souls in order to improve our performance. Our dream for you is that you would unlock your potential through a heart healthy enough to know God deeply and follow Him fully, and then to pass your experience on to others. Now, without further delay, here is today's content. In this episode, I have something a little different 
from uh, the usual format prepared for today. We're going to talk about a retirement plan that any married couple can make, an investment that everyone can afford, no matter your occupation or any other variable of life. Uh, it was our surprise retirement investment that we didn't discover until a couple years ago when all three of our grown kids moved out in the same summer. I keep saying we because uh, today my beautiful bride of 35 years is joining me in the studio. Say hi, Nancy. Hi. Uh, we don't have much of a script to work from today, uh, so we're going to see how this works out. But uh, let me uh, set the stage and then we'll dive in. So on a pastor's salary with a family of five, Saving for retirement was never really an option until very recently. Uh, because of that, I'd been saying for years that we could never retire because we have no investment to count on. Now, that means Nancy and I would never be able to fully retire. Now, uh, that was only partly theoretical because uh, we didn't really plan on ever fully retiring anyway. But with no retirement savings, even slowing down uh, a little bit was going to be difficult. Then a couple years ago, all three of our adult children moved out over the course of uh, about four months. Uh, the youngest got married, the middle one moved in with her close friend, and then the oldest one got married as well. Uh, I wasn't looking forward to the empty house, to be quite honest. I love my kids and anticipated missing them a great deal. I was not looking forward to the end of that eventful and very special last summer together. And then it happened. Nancy and I did not only not miss them nearly as much as we had expected, but we were happy for the freedom it brought. The wife and I were having the time of our lives. Now, yeah, yeah, we missed them, but uh, they can always come and visit. It's nice to, to come and go as we pleased, to, to go and not come back until we were darn good and ready. Uh, no hungry mouths to feed when we got home. No more half sleeping till they came in after work or an evening out. No more $700 grocery bills. Uh, you, you get the idea. And, and that's when it, it dawned on us. You know, for all the talk about retirement plans, it turned out we did have a priceless later in life plan after all. And it's called a relationship. A relationship was an investment for the future that we never saw until we needed it. That's why we're having the time of our lives. Better sleep, reduced bills, or, or currently an added benefit. But the fact that we like each other, that's the priceless preparation that we did not value as we should have or could have. Many marriages, um, and you, I'm sure you people out there listening have seen this, marriages crash and burn after the last child leaves the nest. You know, mom and dad were like ships that pass in the night. The kids were the center of attention and scheduling and spending and thinking and emotions and everything else. So when the kids are gone, mom and dad have no common adhesive to hold them together. And that wasn't our story. We knew each other. We knew about each other, um, each other's likes and hobbies and spending time together. No strike that we love spending time together. Um, and, and we'd been working on our relationship for 33 years. We've been making small deposits into that um, valuable commodity called relationship over three decades. Uh, some deposits were in the effort it took to work through our personal baggage early on in our relationship. The stuff that we, you know, we brought in with us into the marriage that, that got in the way of connecting closely. That made the greatest difference early on. Um, shedding the junk from our broken past made the emotional room and ability and health that we needed to build a relationship on. Beyond that, we just got to know each other. But rather than just telling you how we did that, 
Nancy and I are going to talk through how we saved relationally for our mini retirement. Now, if her voice sounds familiar, it's because she's the one who records the uh, other segments of this podcast you've been listening to, the mid, in, and outros, and um, I'm going to hand it over to her. Yeah, so we're going to be um, discussing some things that we think contributed to our relational retirement account. In the spirit of full disclosure, we did not do all these things intentionally, knowing that we were preparing for the kids' eventual departure. We knew we were protecting our relationship in the present and that they would have more impact further down the road, but we were not making deliberate deposits toward our retirement. You just do not think about that stuff when you have three kids under the age of five no. in the house. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a few other things you're thinking about. Um, now, again, in the spirit of even fuller disclosure, that doesn't mean uh, it all was great. We certainly made plenty of withdrawals. We're, we're thinking of a relationship as a financial metaphor here and making deposits and making withdrawals. So um, we certainly made withdrawals in our relationships. Yes, we did. <laughs> you know, um, fighting the same fight over and over again. We just decided somewhere along the way that we weren't going to do that. Uh, trying to place blame for problems on the other person. That, of course, made withdrawals. Uh, not talking made withdrawals. In fact, we found out uh, because I'm a talker, talking too soon <laughs> made withdrawals because, you know, sometimes uh, I needed time to think through things and, and get ready to kind of interact in a, when it was tense. Um, wanting to be right, I know that was one of mine, trying to win the argument. Um, you know, the kind of things that I suppose happens in most relationships. Um, anything else there that you can think of, honey, about withdrawals? Well, I was just thinking that, um, and that's this is maybe more on the strategy side. I, now that I'm saying it out loud, but you know, as far as n- not talking, and uh, when you said that, you you tend to have all the words, but when it comes to an emotional thing, I don't. And so, um, what happened with us was, you would just talk and talk and talk, and I would just not ever say anything. So. Um, to give the other person the opportunity. And sometimes we would just table it then and say, okay, we'll, you, you think about it. We'll talk tomorrow. And then I could, you know, get mm-hmm. um, yeah. words and, and feelings into, you know, so that I could say them out loud, <laughs> Right. I guess. Yeah, the preacher got preaching. And my what I didn't realize early on was how manipulative I was because I was good at making things her fault. I was good at presenting things and... And and just it just wasn't it just wasn't good initially. No, sometimes. no. And as as me being the peacemaker, I was just all about all about like okay, like whatever, right. you know. And so then never never contributed, and that was a bad thing actually. Right. Because, um, it was it was sort of a withdrawal on my part because I wasn't um, engaging in mm. and uh, you know in the relationship by making my voice heard, right. and that's actually a bad thing too, you know, um, yeah. to always give in. Yeah, we could probably talk about this from <laughs> from you know the Enneagram point of view, but that's a whole other podcast. So we won't get into our numbers today. But uh, one of the things that uh, early on, and I, I probably stole this from somebody. I'm not sure where I got all my ideas on this from, but we you know we talked through priorities, and um, one of the things that was really big with me is that you know as Christians, most people put God first, <laughs> and, that, and that's good. But what what I heard a lot of people, and I've heard since in my coaching, is they put God first and they would put family second. And they wouldn't differentiate between the spouse and the kids. 
So second priority ended up being family. And for us, we made second priority each other. Our kids were third priority. And that you have to think about that for a little bit, but that was actually better for the kids yes. as well as for us. So we did not put family second. We put I put Nancy second. She put me second. And then we put the kids third and then, you know, family and friends. And, and then work and ministry was even below that. So that was one of the, the first things we did was to make sure that our second priority was each other in the belief. And it was probably then um, a guess <laughs> early on. <laughs> it was a belief that that was important, but it did pan out over time that that was really important for us to do. Um, with that, and again, this is the thing I, I think I probably stole from somebody because it's really good and it, so it probably wasn't my original thing. But just hear this. When I say this, some of you gonna are going to suck in. Uh, I can hear already the proverbial sucking in of the air when I say that I told Nancy that she wasn't the love of my life. Um, there was somebody else already in that spot, and that was God's spot. And it, and it really, really is important. We can talk a little later about people that say, that their kids are their all, their everything. That is so dangerous. But I told her that she wasn't the love of my life, that God already was the love of my life, and that she was second priority and would always be second priority. And if she ever became first priority, that's when we would be having a problem. Um, after 35 years of marriage, I feel more like that's in danger now because <laughs> we love each other and we have built these relation this relationship together and... If ever there was a time when I was a little afraid that those priorities could be swapped and, and Nancy could become one and God would become two, it's after 35 years of marriage. But I guess that's a good problem to have, too. I think it is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the kids, um, that, that they're not our all, our, our all. They're not while, while we get up this morning. I was just, um, uh, it was Instagram, and I saw this mom on there, and... There was a picture of the kids, and oh, they're my everything. They're my all. Oh, they're they're the why I live. And and man, I don't know. Maybe we just didn't love our kids enough, but we just refused that sort of attitude towards our kids. Um, because we didn't want them to feel like the center of the universe. That mm -hmm. just spoils kids. So um, we never said that, and I cringe when I hear other people say that. And if you're out there. And you're going, well, of course I say that, but I don't really mean that. Of course, God is first. And no, don't do that to yourself. I think you, you, I think you need to stop <laughs> and, and, and really question whether or not that's true. Are you lying to yourself <laughs> um, about that? Or, I mean, how often do you say that? Watch when you say it. And when you say that, you need to stop and think, are my kids too big a priority in my life? Are they are they pushing other things to the periphery that shouldn't be? And is am I building them up too big and putting too big an emphasis on them? And and if you are, you are already in danger of being that mom and dad who have nothing in common when the kids finally move out. So um, and and with that here, we were talking about this off air before we started. Um, now, it didn't happen often, but I'm going to say this thing and then I'll let Nancy respond to it. But do not show up at every one of your kids' 
athletic events. Do not show up at every concert. Do not show up at every performance. So, so that just sounds so like, I don't know, mean or something. And, and um, so I said to my husband before we turned on the mic, I, that just sounds like, really, we're going to just say that right out loud. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, just a little bit of a disclaimer there. So it's not like we just sat at home and said, we're not coming, you know, right, right. but other things can be priorities over that. You, for instance, work and, and, and I realize work is a third priority, but sometimes, you know, meetings happen or, or you can't. You just can't. And so it's just, you know, the conversation with the kids. Look at, I love you. You're going to do great. Um, I have this thing I have to do. Um, you, but um, not to just, I don't know, say, well, I'm uh, just not going. You know, there, there were reasons for not going. But your kids need to have, you have to have the conversation with the kids, you know, about why you're not coming. Um because it's not like we're saying don't ever show up to anything because kids are important and you do have to, you know. Show yeah, up. and we but showed up at uh, almost most, yes. all of their events. Yes. Um, but I'm saying this partly, again, because I know our audience, uh, a lot of people are people that are in ministry. They're probably not listening to the spiritual coaching dashboard uh, if they're not in ministry. So I, I think it's easier when people. Are your are your job and and your people are in crisis and people are are struggling. It's I, I think it's easier than maybe other occupations to let work get too big a priority yes. and for you to ignore your children. Right. But also that helped when and I the time I remember this was with my son and it was um, the baseball games were happening so regularly and a meeting came up and, and I probably could have gotten out of it because very few meetings are, are all that important. Um, it, I, it may, and maybe it was a counseling session, but I remember being able to go to my son and go, Hey, look, you know, I love you. I was at your last game and I will be at the next game, but I'm going to miss this one. Now, if you tell them you're going to be at the next game, dad gone be better show game. up, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm, I can't be at this game. And here's why there are right. sometimes things in life that are more important than games. In fact, there are things in life that are more important than us being together for this moment. Right. Not ongoing, but in this moment, I need to be someplace else. And that actually right. is a higher priority temporarily for me right. than being at your game. And it's likely I caught up with them because we usually went out for a quick ice cream or something afterwards. Right. It's, I don't remember clearly, but it's likely I, I caught up with them later on as well and did show up at the next thing. Our point here, I think, in all of this, when we started talking about priorities, is that God has got to be first and you got to live that. You can't just right. say it. You have to live that. Your spouse has to be second. You can't just say that. You have to live that. Um, you can't make family the second priority because I'll tell you what happens every time you make family the second priority, the spouse your relationship with your spouse is going to be Always the one loses. Yeah, yeah. that loses. Always, Always loses. going to be the one that loses. Yes. And that, and, and going back to the kids, you know, and that this is probably a whole other podcast too, but you're, you have to have a good enough relationship with your children so that when you, that you can have the conversation, look, I can't good point. Yeah. this time. Because if you're always saying to him, oh, sorry, buddy, I can't can't do that, you know, and, and you promise you're going to be there and then don't show up. I mean, that's a whole other big bad issue, you yeah. know. But just for the priorities, 
um, you know, you you have to you have to get them in your head right. Otherwise, they're they're just all going out the window in every situation when you're on the spot. Right, and and one of the things that I'm not going to make a point. We're just going to talk about it over and over and over again. Is that communicate. Exactly. Communicate with your spouse. Right. Communicate with your kids. Have that relationship. Right. Communication is the key to relationships. So do that. Um, let's talk about dates. Um, I, I've actually given this as advice to couples I've counseled. It seems so simple, but I, I'm thinking of a particular very young couple. They have a little one now, and uh, they came in, and the only thing this couple remembered from our appointment was what I'm going to tell you now. And and they have thanked me I don't know how many times for giving them this little bit of advice. So here it is, dates. Here's how mm-hmm. here's how we did it. Um, we did a weekly date. So a weekly date wouldn't be an all day. It would be, actually, we, we did it um, when I had Mondays off a lot as a pastor. Uh, we took the whole day Monday and would get groceries, but then we would eat a meal together and talk about our lives together. Um, and then we, we took a day a month and then um, overnight at least a couple times a year. So uh, uh, um, for a few hours weekly, a whole day monthly, and overnight at least a couple times a year. And um, that keeps us in each other's world, all right? And um, this might be a good place. I don't know where I was going to talk about this, but these I totally stole from somebody. Um, But when we first started dating, you know, sometimes making conversation is difficult. So uh, I found a couple questions that um, we would ask on this, on Monday on our day off and we would get our lunch together. I would ask, um, is there anything I've done in the last week that you wish I'd never do again? (laughs) And is there something I've done in the last week that you wish I'd repeat that made you feel loved and valued and safe and cared for that I could repeat? And... um, Nancy will tell you that at first that was hard for her because, again, she's a peacemaker, uh, probably a nine on the Enneagram. Or, yeah, um, um, and uh, it was hard for her to answer those questions and answer them honestly because it wouldn't necessarily keep peace. Right. But I just would ask them, and I would give my answers to them, and, and eventually she joined me in those. In fact, we haven't asked those questions intentionally you know, actually ask those in, in, in actually a few years now because it just, we, 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 it became natural. Right. It was something unnatural. To begin with. Yeah, yeah. that was very difficult, very awkward to even it ask was. the question. Was, I mean, think I of this. Think, and I think, too, actually, when we first started doing that, you asked the question, and it, it took me a while sometimes to give an honest answer to what I didn't want you to do anymore. Um, right. And I don't, actually remember asking you the question back for a while mm-hmm. because I because in my brokenness mm. I was I didn't want to know what I'd done wrong because it just made me feel um you know like such a failure at first so with these questions they're so important I feel like and and they're so important to answer um honestly and it's so important to be able to an- ask and answer the question if, and if you can't that's what you need to work on mm. in your own life. If you right. cannot answer or ask the question, um, you know, for me, I know that that was part of my um, baggage that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
And that, that's that's very good. And I just want to repeat that. What she's saying to you is that if you can't ask or answer those questions, there's something internally you need to work on to get the freedom, um, maybe from shame or right. fear or whatever it is you're dealing with, so you can ask those. And when and so when we say dates here, what I'm not just saying is eating a meal together or watching a movie <laughs> together. Right. So when I'm using the word, the idea of date, it is that you've got to have some time to stop. And you pick your own questions. Maybe those right. questions seem silly to you. Um, if you don't have some, I suggest those. But come up with your own questions. Something is, and, and look, it's going to be awkward. Like Nancy very, said, very, yes. one of you might do better at it than the other one because mm-hmm. one's more a communicator, whatever. Um, but these dates, weekly, monthly, and yearly, are meant to be times when, um, you know, a little side note, when we go into a sports bar, not a sports bar, a sports restaurant like Tully's or uh, any of the ones with the TVs mm-hmm. in them, we <laughs> she's laughing because uh, I'll see her looking around at the TVs right off and we have to pick a booth where I can't see a TV because if there's a TV on... I just have no self-discipline. Even when he cannot hear it, but only see it. I'm looking at it. So uh, the point there is that this is what your date is for. It's for connecting. So you turn the phones off and turn them upside down so you can't hear them, so they don't vibrate, so don't make any noise. If, you know, you can't find a... uh, an angle where there's a t where there's not a TV, pick a different restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, but this these are times when you're actually looking at each other. If you can't sit and look at each other, I'll go back to Nancy's point. You need to go and get some counsel because there's already something between the two of you. There's already some hurt or some bitterness working that is keeping you from doing that. Yes, and also let me say um, that this stuff we're talking about here, we didn't do day one. No. We did not do any of this we day had. one. <laughs> Wish we had. Because we came in with all our own stuff. And so um, we had several years of, of wounding and in our marriage and, and not communicating correctly and all that that we had to sort out, which is why we started, you know, the date thing and asking the questions because it was you know, we didn't start this, I'm going to say, yeah, until, like, we already had kids in the house. So um, you've already have bad habits and bad communicating styles and such um, that we had to work ourselves through. Um, so it's not like we started day one and it was perfect and rosy, because I assure you it was not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a short break so you can rest your brain. You've been used to a new episode each week as we work through our first three seasons. As we move into season four, the episodes will drop less frequently, but at least once a month. Whatever the reason and from wherever you are listening, we are so glad you have come along for the ride. That is why we are excited to invite you to help us determine some of our future content. At the close of this episode, we will tell you how you can send your questions, ideas for topics, and suggested book reviews. If this podcast is helpful, we ask that you take a moment to rate, follow, and share it on whatever platform you use to stream content so that others can find us too. All right, let's finish today's episode of this podcast. All right. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm going to talk about something here and... um, 
the point isn't to do it exactly the way we did it. It is the point behind why we did it. So we're a little weird um, in, in our relationship. We do not celebrate Valentine's Day. We actually don't even make a big deal usually of our anniversary. I know I hear the I hear the gasps out there. Um, uh, we don't buy Valentine's Day um, cards. They're, they're expensive and sappy anyway. <laughs> um, but here's here's the point, um, guys. Especially if the if if the only time all year that you that you bought flowers and have been intentionally romantic is on your anniversary and on Valentine's Day, you you already have problems. All right, your your lady after a while is going to begin to wonder why you're buying the flowers. Are you buying the flowers because it's our anniversary? Are you buying your flowers because you love me? Because there's something you want to say to me? Is it just your duty? Do you know that you're supposed to do this on Valentine's and our anniversary? Or is there a real reason why you're bringing me these flowers beyond, well, oh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. So we just didn't want there to be I don't know, what didn't we want, honey? We didn't want there to be this, okay, I have to do this. Right. And we didn't want it to become something that... Just an automatic thing that didn't mean anything anymore. Right. I feel like. Right. I also don't bring her flowers or buy her a card after we fought. Exactly. <laughs> because that, again, I, that's, that can be more for me. I, I got to make that. I got to spoon this over. Our life's going to be hell. So I better buy her some flowers. No, I, in... in when I bring my wife flowers, which I do pretty, pretty, I mean, three, four yeah. times a year, maybe. Yeah, and, and they show up at work sometimes. Yeah. And then everyone will go, oh, is it your birthday? Oh, is it your anniversary? No, no. Oh, did you have a big fight? No. No. Well, well what are they for? <laughs> I'm like, mm, just because. And they just, <laughs> the looks, you know. <laughs> just because. So I usually want it to be a surprise. She never knows when they're coming. She never knows when they're coming. And um, if I can put a little antidote out there, too, I remember reading um, a book, and I remember the book and the author. I, I'll keep that to myself for the moment. But um, there's a story in there where um, the the gentleman in the book would realize it was one of those times when he was supposed to buy flowers, and on his way home, he saw a flower stand and would go by the flower stand and buy the cheap day-old flowers and bring them to his wife, and and, and, and she would just maybe even throw them out or not make a big deal about it. And finally, one day, the, the guy says, what do you want me to do? You want me to stop in the middle of my day, take time out when I've got other things to do, drive halfway across town, walk into a flower shop, pay premium price, buy you the best flowers I can and bring them home. And she looks at him and says, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I want you to do. What's the point? The point is you thought about me. You didn't have to do it. It wasn't it was for your own sake. It wasn't an afterthought. I was in your mind. When you were going through your day, you actually stopped and thought about me when you didn't have to. It, I in, intruded into all of your work and all, all your busyness. I was there. I was present in your mind. I was present in your heart. And that drove you to go out of your way to take special steps to make sure I know that you thought about me and that you do think about me and that you love me. That's the point behind not celebrating Valentine's Day 
and and when I said we didn't celebrate our anniversary, I mean, you know, we go out to dinner. Yeah. Sometimes that is the time of year that we take a night or two away, but we don't make a big deal about it for the reason that I just said. I'll put Nancy on the spot and say, did that work for you, doing it that way? That, that Did that work for you? Yes, of course. We're, we're uh, weird, as you say. <laughs> so I think some... Some of the stuff we do wouldn't work for couples, you know, and, right. and if that doesn't work for you, we're not saying you have to do what we did, um, but find what works for you. It worked, this worked for me. It was, because it made just a day special. It made, you know, it made you feel um, loved and appreciated. And I might add also about the weekly dates and stuff, life happens sometimes and sometimes we missed those mm. and um or a month went by and we didn't for whatever reason get our whole day out or something and it's so funny to me how disconnected we started feeling after missing just you know one or two one or two dates and, mm. and interestingly enough even with the kids out of the house we actually still do yes, monthly do. dates and such and you just think, well, what what for? Because now you're looking at each other all the time. Well, you can live in the same house with somebody and be the only two people in that house and still not be mm-hmm. in each other's um, hearts and minds and lives. And so it's I found it to be so interesting that it, after missing a date or s- something, when we get in the car, you look at each other and go, oh, my gosh, it's been ages. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah there's eight so, things I haven't told you that I need to talk yeah, exactly, about. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in 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 the um, uh, I'll switch gears here a little sure. bit. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're good. Um, another thing that I, I again I, I I don't know where I I got the idea from, but something that is important in the midst of all of this, and why the relationship and why communication is important, and why you need to be present and take notice of things, is that when I did buy her flowers. Um, I know this is going to sound picky, and my wife is not like this, so it's you have to understand what I'm saying here. But I had to buy the right flowers, not because my my wife, not because Nancy ever disdained the red roses I brought. But roses don't live that long; they don't last that long. Um, and and she more likes flowers that affect. Uh, a carnation. I know it's going to sound strange to some of you out there, but carnations. Um, especially when they're all multicolored, where she liked them better than the roses because the roses could be dead in a couple days and the carnations would be there two weeks. They would just right. live and they'd be beautiful yes. for. Um, and so I, 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 when I did buy, when I do buy her roses, I, yes, I bought her red roses. Mm-hmm. But she likes the yellow ones. She really likes those pink kind of coral colored ones. Um, and and I, I paid attention to. How she responded. Uh, another thing, uh, once in a while, I'll bring her chocolate. Any guy that's worth his salt and wants to stay married should bring his wife chocolate. Um, <laughs> now, that's not true either of everyone because not every gal likes chocolate. But with Nancy, one of the things I learned very early on is if I brought her plain chocolate, that would be great. That would be fine. But she knows how much she li- I that I know how much she likes chocolate with nuts in it. So for me to bring chocolate without nuts could actually almost work in some ways against the whole thing because I didn't take the time. I didn't I didn't pay attention. Um, I'll buy her the M&Ms with the nuts in the middle because she likes nuts in her chocolate. Um, and and the, the point I'm making here is when you do go out of your way and it in, in, in whatever effort you're making to 
communicate to your spouse, hey, I, I thought about you, I love you, I, you need to know that, that I, um, I'm glad you're in my life. If I had to make the decision again, I'd make the same decision to marry you. You know, pay attention to the gifts and, and the things you say and the way you attempt that. Um, and, and when you make that attempt and it falls flat, don't get angry at her or him. Learn from it. When you've gone out of your way to, to, to do a thing and it seems to kind of, hmm, right. kind of just not mean anything. When you have your weekly date, one of your questions is, you know, when, you, when you're, you're in that category, you know, uh, what it... Have I done anything in the last week that you wish I'd never do again? You could enter into that. Hey, I just noticed that I did this and your response was, I was hoping for a little better response from that. Can you help me understand why that didn't set with you the way? There you go. That's why you're going to have these conversations because you're learning. You're in relationship together and you're learning about the other so that when you are trying to communicate something, you're communicating what you think you're communicating. Right. It's not all... Sometimes, you know, it, you think I'll, I'll bring this or I'll do that. And it really it's a thing that you personally would like and, and not the other person. Or it's the thing that the world says you should do or, mm-hmm. or um, whatever. And it isn't, it isn't anything that that other person even wants or cares about. Um, so, yeah, to be a student of your partner yep. is is um, important. Yeah. And, and, you know, those weekly questions really worked into, as, as I'm thinking about it, really worked into our, our way of relating more than maybe I've even realized before now, because we would use those. When a thing would happen mm-hmm. between us, we would look at each other and go, well, on our date, let's talk about that on our date. Right. <clears throat> you know, we would, because we needed time to think about it. And why did I respond that way? Well, sometimes right. you don't know the answer, so you right. got to think about it. And we would just put it in the date mode, and when we got there, we go, oh, I remember, what what was that thing we were going to talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, and by then, often the steam has gone out of it, so that you can discuss the thing without the the anger and, and all that that might, might be there. And um, another little antidote early, well, it wasn't that early on, but um at one point in our in our marriage i i uh this thing happened where we called somebody to clean a carpet and um i gave him the directions and we weren't there or something uh, in fact it might have been somebody else opened the door anyway and they they cleaned the carpet and we got home and the carpet wasn't clean and i called the carpet people back and said hey this i don't know what you you know and they, so they came back a second time and cleaned the carpet again um and for some reason, we weren't didn't happen to be there. Probably the same time of day. So this happened like two or three times. No, it happened twice. And finally, I said, "Okay, wait, 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 wait. What carpet did you clean?" Well, here's the here's the story. They cleaned the wrong carpet. When I went into the room that they had cleaned, that carpet looked great. It was spotless. And so you go back to the phone and you have kind of a little giggle and you go, "Um, yeah." So great job on the carpet. It just was the wrong one. And my point of telling that antidote is that sometimes when you are relating with somebody else, like Nancy said, you, you're, you're realizing how much you're relating out of your own personality and your own likes and dislikes. So you're doing this thing for somebody else that you would like, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it doesn't register with them. So they So you're cleaning the wrong carpet. You're putting in all this effort. Man, bang up job you're doing. And that carpet is spotless. And the client still is 
is getting more frustrated and more frustrated. And, and there you're, you're sitting going, oh my what, gosh, what, what the, the heck? heck do I have to do for this woman? Right. What do I have to do for this guy? For, well, you're, you're cleaning the wrong carpet. Communication is the key. Those weekly dates are key because you find out that you're in the wrong room, cleaning the wrong carpet through communication. So you got to talk. And the questions are a critical part of that. Uh, A couple other things we did, and we'll wrap this episode up here. Um, um, One of the things we did was learning each each other's hobbies, spending a little time together in their hobbies. Uh, My wife is, is a quilter, so I learned how to pick quilting fabric i might say uh i got pretty good at it i usually help her now pick her pick her fabric out when she's quilting i spent many hours in a uh, in every joanne fabric in upstate new york i think we've probably been in the mall and and you have to understand when you go in joanne fabrics you don't go in for 15 or 20 minutes you go in for an hour at least but it wasn't any different than we went into a woodworking store because we've been in every one of those in upstate New York as well. And my wife goes into the woodworking stores with me and follows me around and asks me questions about different tools and different things. And we entered each other's worlds. We didn't just have these separate things, although I'll get to that in a second. We, we entered into each other's worlds so that when they're talking, when they're interested in something, uh, and, and, and the other person is saying this stuff, I understand what she means when she says, well, that fabric reads solid. <laughs> I know what that means. Some of you listeners out there don't know what that means, but I do. So, um, And I can hand you all the right tools. And she can. If I ask for a tool, she hands me the right tool, which is, which is, which is huge. And, and she's pretty handy with a router these days, too. Oh, yes. So, um, you know, entering into each other's world is important. Now, on, uh, um, in addition to that, we did spend time apart. Yes. And we do spend time apart. And we don't make the other person feel uncomfortable for that because we realize that that is important for our lives too. So we do, I mean, she goes on her quilting and her quilting things. Of course, I was always off on conferences and stuff like that as well. So we, we spent time apart, used to play golf and um, those kind of things. So I think it's good for a relationship yes. for you guys to, to be apart as well. Um, yes. So anything on that, dear? No, I, I just that that was kind of a big thing um, initially, as I say, because we didn't start doing this all at once, you know. Um, and so me being the type of person I am would tend to feel guilty if I was away on a quilting weekend. And um, and whether it was fair or not, I felt that he made me feel guilty. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to say that's true or not, but that's the way I felt. So you have to be... Um, enthusiastic about your person going out to do the thing that they love to do, you know, without you, um, too, and say, oh, boy, I know you're going to love this and you have a great time um, because that's a withdrawal if you don't, if you just go, fine, whatever, you know. Um, so you, you have to spend time apart doing the things you love with the people that you like to do them with, um, but you have to also... Um, have your spouse not do things with words or reactions or faces, you know, that make you feel like you shouldn't have done that. I probably did make you feel guilty initially, (laughs) (laughs) in in all honesty. But, you know, some of the ways that that I know I try to do that is when it requires money, Mm -hmm. I, you know, take it. You know, I, I don't give her 
grief, grief yeah, for spending money. Um, gosh, when this girl goes quilting, she takes, there's this whole pile of stuff by the door she takes <laughs> with her. I help her load the car up when she's going out yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff to um, just, just help her know that, hey, this is, this is fine. And I actually usually make plans. And yes. uh, uh, we have a, we have a whole routine because because um, you know I, I burn water so you know we, <laughs> we 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 get me a pizza and I throw it in the oven I've gotten really good at doing pre made pizzas in the oven man I can knock that one out of the park and uh, we you know we make it work we make it work and um, uh, I think that is is a, a part of our relationship uh, something else that um, is unrelated but related is. Um, Maybe sometime we'll do an episode. Uh, we've talked about doing an episode with our kids about um, parenting. Um, but we always talk to our kids as if they were a team. And part of that teamwork picture was always backing the other person up in front of the kids, even if we didn't necessarily totally agree with them, and having our conversations offline, That you know, especially when we disagreed or making sure we presented a united front when we talked to them. That actually helped our relationship. Right. You you can really damage a relationship by you know cut undercutting your spouse's authority, in especially if you do it in front of the kids. Right. Yeah, um, that's not going to go well for parenting. That's another podcast as well, but it's not going to help your relationship either. So right. the team we're using the kids against each other. Oh, that's, that's a whole that's other. A thing. That's a thing. Yeah, or the but. one I always hated, um, which my wife never did, but. Um, I probably asked her not to at some point was, well, when your father gets home, yes. <laughs> um, you know, that, so that, so the kids don't look forward to daddy coming home. Mm-hmm. Uh, dang, I didn't want that to happen. Yeah, so if it moms in the house you or deal dads, with before, yeah. right. Whichever yeah. one is at home with the kids, you deal with it. Yeah. You deal with it. Step up, put right. your big boy pants on, put your big girl pants on. You step up, you deal with the discipline problem so the dad or mom doesn't have to bring right. down the hammer when he or she walks in the door. That's, and, and that's that not, not going to go well. And that is not to say that if there isn't a bigger issue or a bigger thing that happened, you do what you do during the day, but then obviously talk to your spouse after, you know, when they get home or whatever about what happened and then decide together what are we yes. going to do and then come back to it yep. with the kids and say, okay, now we've talked about this, yep. this, is, this is what's happening. Um, rather than making them be the bad guy that comes in the door. You, you, you deal with it initially without, you know, yep. and then, and then you talk about what you're going to do for coming, you know, going forward about whatever issue it yep. was. Yeah. If you haven't heard this, I'm going to repeat it. There's your date. And we spent a lot of time on our dates talking about how we were going to deal with our kids. Right. How are we going to do, you know, um, you can't make every, um, everything a battle. You know, we actually right. decided on which hills we were going to take. There were some things, some stuff from my childhood around um, around the table, to- table time where um, eating was just warfare mm-hmm. for me because I didn't like things and I was forced to eat things and I was left at the table until I ate everything that was on my plate. And um, consequently, you know, when Nancy and I first got married, I basically swallowed my food whole. I forget to eat. I could eat a whole meal in about five minutes flat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, um, I just refused to do that with the kids. So we actually talked through that, yeah. you know, okay, how are we going to manage this? Because I do not want to make, I want to make our meal time something the kids look forward to right. a time together as a family, not a battle. 
So you know how kids are. They don't like, I still don't like peas. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's green and it's a vegetable, uh, I've learned to eat a couple of them, but most of them I won't eat. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's a little transparency there for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was something that we took on our dates right. and we would talk through and we would make a plan. And when the plan worked or didn't work, you know, we'd have to talk about it again. And we tweaked it over a while and, you know, we started telling the kids, all right, you don't have to eat it. It's in a refrigerator. We even did that. You know, you can warm, warm it up later. Right. Um, but when we know a kid didn't like a thing, we didn't yeah. make him eat it anyway. So yeah. he's going to learn how to eat that. Right. No. We, we didn't choose to die to, on that hill. That hill, right. So you guys have to talk about that, decide which hill you're going to die right. on. And we also didn't, um, and of course this is the kids' podcast too, maybe I won't get into it, um, but you know, if they, when they got old enough, if they didn't like what I made, it's not like I was going to make 17 different meals. If you don't right. like what I put on the table, fine. You go make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something, you know. So which they did often. Which they did. They did. Which they, they did. did you know? And so that... this is maybe not a thing there again that in your house is going to work. We're just saying let's let's agree together about what it is we're doing in our house, you know. And right. Then... Well, I, th I think it does because I supported that. I, I tried to support that. Um, I didn't expect her to make, you know, right. something for each, something different for each kid because they, you know, I didn't expect her to do that. That was not fair. So, I mean, your kid isn't going to die if yeah. he eats a peanut butter and jelly sandwich a couple times a week because he doesn't like what well, whoever the food preparer is in your home made. Right. Not going to die. Our kids are alive and yes. well today, <laughs> just so you know. Our oldest is 32, so she made it through. Um, wow, our oldest is 32, oh, huh? Yeah, our youngest right is 26, so yes. our baby. Um, so a couple other things quickly that, uh, I will mention and, and, uh, one is that, you know, we made ministry moves and decisions together. Uh, we never, um, changed jobs or location without the two of us agreeing on that. That was a thing. Um, you know, we fought for our marriage. If you want to fight guys, fight for your marriage yes. that you're allowed to do. Um, no plan B's, um, uh, I, 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 it isn't all completely a positive thing, but I would say through gritted teeth, <laughs> we are not <laughs> getting a divorce. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, because I came out of that multiple divorces being kicked around from home to home. And, um, and so I'm not, and, and uh, I said to her, this was probably just a few weeks ago, <laughs> you do realize that when I said that, I, it, it wasn't really about us or about you. That was all about me. And she, she gets a big smile on her face. Goes, yeah, I, I did know that. <laughs> Here I thought I was I was fooling her. Um, that was all about me. We're not getting a divorce. Um, but And some days I went, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really please, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, no plan B's. Right. Just no plan B's. We didn't have these shared. We didn't have our own separate bank accounts, mm -hmm. all set up, all this stuff. You're going to go into it. Go in. Go in. Um, you know, we worked on it. We went to conferences. We went to counseling. We would we read books. books together. In fact, mm -hmm. just a, oh, two or three years ago, my son read a book and his fiance read a book in preparation for marriage and was telling us about it. And, and we actually picked up but, on yeah. my son's recommendation, and we read through the book, and there was some great, yeah. great stuff in that because book. Because even after 33 years of marriage, it's not like you ever, you know, have it down, and so now we're good to go. You know, there's always, um, there's always things to learn. There's always ways to, 
You're looking for the book, aren't you? I'm looking for the I book on my I shelf in my that, office here. Uh, I can't remember the title of it. Actually, mm-hmm. really good. In fact, it I, was very good. I'm across the office, so you can't hear me. I've recommended this book to. Uh, I'll have to put it in the show notes. I will. Um, uh, I'll have to get that to you at another time. But just do that. Read the yeah. same book together right. and discuss it. If you find a good book, you know, one of your... And that means one of you has to be doing some reading on marriage and communication and stuff like that. Um, all right, any, any last thing you want to throw in there before I wrap this podcast episode up, honey? No, I don't think so. Well, for the record, I love you. This has been a great 35-year journey. I'm looking forward too. to 35 more years. We are having fun. Children, if you hear my podcast, I love you. Yes. And we miss you. And thank you for leaving the house. You're not allowed to come back. They well, come back to do wash. We let them do that. Yeah, and yeah. to visit, just well, you can't come back and I stay. Know. I feel like disclaimers have to be said now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... uh, All right, so if you are a spiritual coach or you serve others in your church or community, you need to be very careful to not neglect yourself or your family. There's nothing noble in neglecting your family and your children and and, um, um, your spouse. Probably someday this is another discussion, but early on I got so involved in in ministry that... um, I was a single mother. There was about a year (laughs) that Nancy says that she was a single mother. Stuff was really going gangbusters at the church, and I I overworked, and I'm actually not proud of that. Yes, people found Jesus, and and they got help, and I believe they would have gotten help two days later if I had just scheduled differently. So um, it's nothing noble in having your wife feel like she's a widow and your children feel orphaned or your husband feel like he's a widower and your children feel orphaned because you are not present. And there again, might I add, um, there are seasons. Yes. There are seasons. Short ones. And and seasons happen. And so this is not like a guilt trip thing. Um, so, but and you just have to weather seasons sometimes. But even in the middle of a season, you need to look each other in the eyes and say, "Okay, this this sucks for right now," yeah. and and but, put an put an end on it, right, or something, or yeah. but just like even if you can't go on your date, stand in the bedroom with you know your eyes together and your hands and say, "Okay, look, this here's the season," and um, you know. Talk about it. Yeah. Stay even connected. If for just a couple of minutes, yeah, you know. Yeah. But if you if you if you're you know, if a season like that becomes habit, right. there's something in your heart and you need some healing. Right. So go and get some healing. Yeah, if it's for a perpetual state of being, like and then you do good for a few weeks and you're back in a season. That's not right. a season anymore. That's, that's not a, a season lifestyle. anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's routine. Right. All right, before I end this episode, I just want to thank you all for listening. This is our 50th podcast episode. Thank you for listening um, in the U.S., uh, in India, and in Canada, and Turkey, and Japan, U.K., France, Brazil, Mexico. Thank you, Binghamton, Houston, Texas, Ashburn, Virginia, Mountain View, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Grayson, uh, let's see, Graysonville, Maryland, Stone Mountain, Georgia, Boston, Maryland, uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, all those listening in our vicinity here in, in New York and Endicott and Vestal and Legal and Cortland, Albany, Brooklyn, Buffalo, 
Norwich, Corning, Syracuse. Oh, wow. Just all the places. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. As of this moment, we are only about 55 listens away from 2,500 listens on the podcast. Nancy and I would be extremely grateful. Are grateful for that and would be grateful if you would like and share our podcast so that others can find the content that has made you a listener. Uh, it would mean a lot to me personally, not because likes and shares are important, but because those numbers represent lives that we can only hope and pray are being helped by our efforts. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, I will give you three lessons I learned while waiting on God while benched and waiting for God to put me back in the game. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, do not waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how God would have you work the new thought into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been. We firmly believe that God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. A transformation that frees us to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near us. As we walk into that healing, we gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into the life and impact God has for us. And when we experience that for ourselves, it gives us a compelling story from which to call others to experience the same. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you would like to submit a question or topic for a future episode of our podcast, here as promised is the contact information. The email address is carrie at tworivers.church or text at SC Dashboard from the social media platform of your choice. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.